0: social unrest the state and the white house you are listening to the john petro show you're listening to the john petro show folks on am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website depietro.com. it is wednesday it's only wednesday it is wednesday january 5th it's hard to believe it's still just the first week of the new year folks because there's been so much news now running down a couple things uh i don't have an answer on why president trump canceled his press conference for tomorrow on the anniversary of january 6th i think it was a time to uh put things in perspective a little bit of exactly what happened the narrative boy they are really pushing this narrative folks the democrat strategy for the 2022 election is just to keep drilling home january 6th insurrection armed insurrection blah 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 that's not what happened you know it's it's very simple for these people and i'm not going to get in debates on social media twitter they start piling on blah, blah, blah. listen it's really simple the entire summer of 2020 trump supporters everyone the entire country and world we watched as black lives matter a defund the police antifa all of these groups were allowed to march even though everyone else was on lockdown stay away from crowds because of COVID. they were allowed to march they destroyed all the major cities the damage they did do you know they did literally billions in damage billions they destroyed new york city they burned down police stations they teared down monuments in washington they injured police all over the place you had police shot because of all these movements in many whether minneapolis or in dallas or in atlanta in philadelphia even in rochester in uh in wisconsin and the west everywhere we all watched and where were the arrests where was the accountability nothing and then on january 6th a group of trump supporters and i've been to so many rallies and it's peaceful it's patriotic there's no trouble but on this day on this day the people were fed up they were upset that no one was listening to them about the election. People had questions about the election. And they were being poked in the eye and laughed at and mocked. And finally people said, enough. You won't even listen to us. This is our house. And went in and took some pictures for a few hours. Did they burn the Capitol down? No. Did they smash every window and do vandalism? No. They, they A few windows got broken just so they could get inside. If you look at and everyone keeps wondering why, because America was under the impression that this was okay to do. And uh, and a lot of the police were not used to anyone defying in this way. Plus, police and the Capitol Police, they put up with a summer where they were disrespected and Black Lives Matter and the rest of them. And so they felt they finally had a a large group that they could kind of order around. And hey, I said back up and that type of thing. And you never saw them do that during the course of the summer with blm so on that day when people wanted to be heard and they were upset and they were not being listened to even even in rhode island where there was a stop the steal rally on post road in warwick and then spontaneously a group of people went to the board of elections instead they heavy-handed no one would come out and explain anything no one would answer any basic questions there were a lot of questions about ballots in rhode island uh the amount of votes that biden got no one would answer no we're not answering you so on that day people got fed up so but they didn't if if this were an armed insurrection they would have taken control there was yeah there was one person killed inside ashley babbitt was shot by someone for no reason she was an unarmed uh u.s veteran ashley babbitt the rest it was all lies uh people are still putting out lies a, a guy was beaten with a fire extinguisher not true at all some of the people some of the people attending had health problems there were thousands of people there thousands of people whenever tourists go somewhere there was a man again i've talked about this but he 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 never even made it to the capital he had a heart attack and stroke leaving the speech his wife i think it was from georgia his wife said i told him not to go He had high blood pressure and a It's going to be a lot of walking and so forth. Another man was overweight and he collapsed outside of the Capitol. So all of that. And then as far as, you know, one of the uh, Capitol police had some health problems and I'm sure that day did not help them, but it was all exaggerated. And a lot of the people you look at, listen, we've seen the video, Cicilline and the rest of them don't understand why more of us aren't upset Yeah, It was a rowdy protest and some people were upset. And they were taking that aggression out uh, on the wrong people. I, I I I get that, but it pales in comparison. What we watched for an entire summer. Did they light the building on fire? No. Did they blow up the building? No. Did they just start stealing everything? No. They got upset. They, they you know yeah they did a little damage. It wasn't that many people that actually did that. Most of the people went inside, and never mind. You remember, Capitol Police were allowing a lot of the people to enter uh the capitol police were posing for photos that doesn't like to get out so it is unfortunate but you even see that video we're in the senate chamber and uh one of the individuals saying, hey guys this is sacred ground and you can't be in here and there was one capitol security guy there were 20 protesters he's like come on everyone's gonna go and they all left did they tie him up no so listen some people got excited some people got whipped into a frenzy a little bit but in the end, the building was standing, and I would still argue, when they talk about, well, it was the threat of democracy, the threat of democracy is open borders. The threat of democracy is what's going on as far as letting anyone in and anyone can register to vote. The threat of democracy are these secret flights that are arriving or Quonset where they're bringing up all these illegals from the border, and they won't even answer questions about it. The threat to democracy These people have less and less. I I have no confidence in the Rhode Island elections, and it has nothing to do with President Trump. It has to do with ballot harvesting. It has to do with early voting. It has to do with that they don't even look for voter fraud, that anyone anyone can register to vote. People get paid to turn in ballots, that they put up all these ballot boxes all over the state. That, to me and they should have paper ballots every reason they're going electronic now that is the threat to democracy now closer to home on this wednesday well governor mckee folks as you know he's having a tough couple of weeks it's it's going to get even worse because i i can't emphasize enough the boston globe has an explosive story and 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 let's just call it what it is governor mckee uh unknowingly but got caught in a lie and that he kept saying, Oh, we were ramping things up, and the Department of Health just didn't see this coming. And and now we had to call out the National Guard. Our healthcare system is a wreck. Now they have to call out the National Guard. He thinks like wave of a wand and he can just get all this stuff. Now he has frontline workers that they let go that have COVID working in the hospitals. But the Boston Globe has unearthed an internal document that showed Governor McKee that the virus was spreading, things were getting worse, everything was pointing up. It should have been a time to mobilize. It should have been a time. You know, you see some storm clouds, and, you know, you're out on the golf course, and you're like, all right, this doesn't look good. We better head back in. And those that say, no, let's, let's play a few more holes, and then you're, you know, caught in a dangerous storm, or someone out on the water is probably a better analogy. But my point is, but the Boston Globe has found a document that Governor McKee saw was presented to him. Now the only problem for Governor McKee, Governor D, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, is it was presented to him the day before he was scheduled to leave on his two-week vacation, right around Thanksgiving. So he's he felt the, the the only way to interpret that is he pushed it off and said, "We'll deal with it when I get back. It can wait." He didn't ramp things up. Things did get worse. They didn't take it seriously. He certainly doesn't have a plan. But now you see now there's several dangerous things about this. Number one, there's a problem. Someone in the Department of Health is leaking documents to show the media and make him look bad. That also goes to the point that I have been telling you that he he should have made changes. You can't operate that way. The governor of Rhode Island is fighting with the Rhode Island Department of Health. He hates them. They hate him and now you have all these people hospitalizations are up now they're talking about we're going to set up you know emergency tents he's got the national guard coming in we're going to reopen all these urgent cares and who's going to staff them you know governor mckee took a very heavy handed approach as you know to those frontline protesters he wouldn't listen to them he wouldn't meet with them nope october 1st is your deadline if you don't get vaccinated boom, you're fired, you're out, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Now he's scrambling. His approach has not worked. His approach, whatever the McKee people want to try to argue, he kept saying, oh, around Thanksgiving, we were ramping things down. That's that's not true. He had information that showed they should have ramped things up. And there's plenty of evidence for that. Um, yeah, I recognize this thing has spread wildly. It has. And it's very contagious. But... But he he did have warning. I'm not saying, I'm I'm not saying that month in that moment he could have changed everything. But you go back to the fall. Not so sure he needed to do that vaccine mandate till they knew what they were looking for. That created a lot of disruption. They lost 1,300 people in the healthcare field that now they need, they desperately need, and they're paying huge amounts of money to try to get them. Didn't act quickly enough as they saw the vir- the uh, variant was starting to spread, his numbers were going up. Um, so it, it wasn't one thing. It was a series of mistakes, miscalculations. The next 30 days, I'm going to stick with what I've said. it may cost him it may cost him the primary. But in the McKee people, they sent a huge response to the Boston Globe, basically trying to say uh, no and da 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 but listen, the facts are the facts right the governor has some problems he's called out all right he's called out the national guard that that's there's nowhere to go after that right that's your last card to play all right we have that and a lot more right here on the john DePietro show make henry oil your oil provider this winter give them a call today call henry oil 401-521-0200 401 521 0200 henry oil serving most rhode island and southeastern mass automatic delivery budget plans service contracts lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401 521 0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery fuel fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery residential and commercial it's henry oil give them a call since 1947 you can depend on on henry oil call them today make henry oil your oil provider 401-521-0200 401-521-0200 remember online at henryoil.com go with the original go with the best it's henry oil john depetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2. it's am 1380 99.9 FM. you can always listen online at the website Petro.com joining me right now he is the columnist for the Boston Globe it is our friend Dan McGowan and Dan your colleague Brian Amaral this is uh, such a scoop such a significant story I think one that not to be overly dramatic but I think it it changes the tone of Governor McKee his administration relationship with the Department of Health and and I think it could even have long-term consequences with his uh, race for, for governor. So that was, uh, that is quite a story and document that your colleague got his hands on.
1: Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, basically it completely contradicts sort of the McKee administrations uh, in, per, in, in particular, Dan McKee himself, kind of the, their talking points on um, you know, the, the, the virus and sort of the uptick in cases Um, You know, basically, I mean, if you listen to the governor's press conference last week, you know, he kind of said, look, this this snuck up on us, Um, you know, very similar, quite, quite honestly, to what what President Biden has been saying a lot of. But the truth is. Uh, you know, behind the scenes for a long time, and John, you you cover this well, so you know. You know, f- leading up, I would say early November, you started to hear concerns from the health department, and then there was yeah. this push and pull of, you know, what do we do? Do we do, you know, more, you know, a mask mandate? Do you start to, you know, have a vaccine requirement for, you know, the dunk or things like that? And we had heard, I think a lot of us, I think you and I even alluded to it, that you know, for a little while that there was real push from the health department to do this. And to the credit of Brian Amaral, he was able to get his hands on a document that said very clearly the state of the spread was growing and the health department, you know, wanted to move a little bit faster. Governor McKee, I think, resisted a little bit. Um, And you're right. I think this, this, you know, what, what this opens the door up, you look at some of the trouble that Dan McKee has had you know, staffing or that education consulting contract, that kind of stuff, you know, it it always sticks to you. But look, every administration goes through, you know, a mistake here, a mistake there. When you start to talk about, especially in a Democratic primary, where, as you know, Democrats are, you know, more supportive of masking, more supportive of mandates, um, you know, when you start to, to kind of pin to Dan McKee, that, you know, you blocked, you know, uh, health protocols, things like that. Um, that's something that, you know, all of the candidates are going to, you know, really throw at him for a long time. And he doesn't have a great answer for, you know, for, for why he did it. It's just, you know, he says it, it snuck up. It clearly did not. um, and he's going to have to be answering for this i think i think this is going to dog him for the entire year no matter what happens um you know in the coming months
0: i don't and i don't think we've we've hit the bottom yet on this i think this because it shows number one you get a leaking problem because there's people there's a lot of animosity absolutely uh, and, and i've talked about Dan mcgowan listen he and dr scott are not on the same page change should have been made he's going to learn the hard way But I have an easy question. Folks, I want people to understand why why this is significant, because it also ties in with that apparently he he learned that things were certainly going the other direction. And what I think is significant, it comes back to when I asked you, are you surprised he's going to be gone for 12 days? And he seemingly saw this right before he was going to leave. I think, don't you think that's a fair question to ask of, is that one of the things that we'll just deal with this when, when I get back?
1: 100%. And John, even if, even if you, you know, you because you and I talked about that and you were right. I think we were ahead of the curve of this, like talking yes. about how, how it was going to be, you know, a problem. And I think some people roll their eyes on it. You say, well, everybody deserves a vacation. I think even we said that, but 12 day, you know, it was basically, the, in, the entire week of thanksgiving and a couple days before that yeah um you're exactly right you you get this concern i think one it is absolutely fair game to say hey is it possible you you know you kind of put your head in the sand a little bit and um you know and, and said we'll deal with this later the other thing is even if it's even if that's not the case i mean now you combine a you know uh, kind of disregarding the health department with going on vacation. I mean, that's tailor made for a, you know, for a campaign ad, for, for mailers that are just going to dog you and dog you. And, and, and again, the, the candidates, I think his opponents are going to be pretty relentless about it.
0: And not to be overly dramatic, but when you're in that position, whether you're a president or a governor, if the, if the public and more, right now the media loses confidence that you're not telling them the full story, and you start to lose credibility. I was really taken. Uh, what really stuck out at me was the extent of which they responded to Brian Emerald's yes. request of the document. That's not a uh, hey call, and can we talk off the record? That's not a quick phrase. Um, wh- what does that show you, Dan McGowan, of how that's playing behind the scenes?
1: Well, what it shows you is is you, you said this just a uh, you know a minute ago, but but there is a lot of you know, leaking slash, yeah. you know, uh, uh, just an effort to, there are people, there's a lot of animosity in that office. And I I, I, I don't yeah. know, uh, I don't know where, you know, how J- Brian exactly got sort of a hold of this. Like I said, I think we'd all heard there was like rumors that th- this was happening, but what it shows you, these things don't get out unless no. somebody wants you to see them. doesn't matter how good of a reporter you are. These things can be, hidden and you know t- tied up and uh you know it's it's a draft document there's all kinds of ways to unfortunately to get around public records um and you know john i'll tell you the, the other thing that this goes to is there, there are moments in every i think every gubernatorial administration where you know you make those the choice and you, you, you the vacation's a good example I mean, remember go back early early on to governor raimondo when she she skips going to Davos, right, for the Big yes. World Economic Forum because yeah. of a snowstorm. The problem was she never saw any benefit from it because in the days leading up to that storm, we all thought she was going. Remember, she didn't cancel until, you know, the day before or the day, you know, two days before – and so a bunch of people got really mad at her because they said, wait a minute, we've got a blizzard coming. How could you be out of town? She actually wasn't out of town. She did the right thing and it still hurt her. Imagine if she had gone, right? Same thing here, I think, with Governor McKee. You, you know, you, you went on vacation. You know, you're you're going to try to do this kind of regular guy thing. Well, you know, I've been working really hard. Well, guess what? You know, people don't care when it affects them. And now, I mean, there's no doubt COVID is affecting just about everybody in the state of Rhode Island.
0: And Dan McGowan, not to, but you shared with us. So you had it. Yeah. And my question for you is based on that document that he saw where, in his words were we were ramping things down around Thanksgiving. And now we find out that he actually, the, the way I see this, he saw the opposite that they should have started ramping things up to get, to get ready for it. I know people can say, Oh, we were all caught off guard. I I don't necessarily believe that. And I know the health department people, they they were warning them that this was coming. But would, when you were at that PCURI game, would that have been handled the same way if the governor had shared with the public and really let the Rhode Island Department of Health kind of, you know, sound the alarm? Because I was at that briefing when he and Dr. Scott were not on the same page. And what she was saying and what he was saying, it, it didn't match because it almost seemed as if she were being overreacting. Now we see she was, to me, she was reacting what she saw. He was almost, to me, and I put on Twitter, he was like Larry the Mayor in Jaws saying, oh, no, are you kidding? The bar's the 4th of July. You know, this is going to be the best season ever. Yeah, yeah, get out in you're, the water. <laughs>
1: you're,
0: yeah, you're sending everybody out as if everything's going to be fine. So you tell me, I think they would have handled things differently at the dunk knowing knowing now what what they saw coming
1: yeah i mean there's no doubt that i'll go even further than that because they the health department there's no doubt we're pushing for uh a some sort of mask mandate at big events yeah. uh yeah. before that pc uri game now it turns out Look, I would have still gone to the game, and I, we talked about this, I wore a mask, you know, many people didn't. I, I think we were all restless, we all wanted a CPC-URI, I. It is what it is. You know, the for me, I wear a mask and I'm vaccinated, I still got COVID, I, I don't know how much I would change any decision I've made in the last month, Um, even if well, you told me that things were going crazy. All of that said, you're, you are right, I mean, look, first of all, it's all fair questions to ask, and... I do think you could have been uh, a little bit more upfront in November, you know, just before Thanksgiving to say, hey, things are getting dicey here. We don't know all the facts yet, but we do know things are getting bad. And the thing that, you know, really sticks out to me is, John, only now, like this week, a little bit of last week, are we, you know, hitting that phase of the Omicron variant, right? Rhode Island still hadn't been – really hit hard by delta Uh, and and you know that's what you saw from the kind of that first uptick right after thanksgiving into the you know into december it would have been more helpful rather than saying we're gonna you know close things down and and and, you know move down it it would have been helpful to say hey this can really hit us i think there was enough information to know that going inside as it gets colder becomes a problem uh, I think they really bungled this one, and, and the governor. You know, I mean, it would be interesting to see when his next press conference and how he addresses it. There, there's, there's, there's an attempt. I mean, there's a chance you could look. You know, I, I'm sorry about this. I'm. We made a mistake. I highly doubt that's what will happen. But yeah, I'll be interested to see how he handles it at his next press conference.
0: And Damon before we take a break, I want to just touch on the PCD because you're one. You know, you're one individual, and maybe you would have decided. But I mean, I've been going to those games my entire life there's yeah, a lot of older people there absolutely there's a lot of families there 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 certainly could have been some people there that were older either older or compromised health that if that warning had gone out large venues they may have opted not to go definitely and that's where i i think he he's he's in trouble and it's just also ironic to me when i saw him uh, last week at that the, the briefing in, in Woodsocket, I, I had said at the time, that's the most rattled I've seen him. It, yes. Like it, it. this is when, you know, it's, it's also interesting to me, Dan personally, that a lot of times our instincts, when we hash this out and kind of like, what do you think? And what do you see? That we, we're not wrong. He, he made he knew this was out there. He knew this was kind of coming. At least it was kind of developing behind the scenes. And he, he's not the poker player that I think that he, may think he is because i that's the most the the person that to me was the most together at that briefing was the mayor of Woodsock at least yes. hunt she yeah. i think if anything she made a good case that she should have maybe should have been considered for lieutenant governor but he uh he you could see he he was he rattled almost
1: looked, don't you think John, he he um, I, it's funny because i i watched it from home and he almost it was almost like watching you know, in a really good boxing match. He looked like he had been punched in the face and he yes. hadn't quite, like, got his, you know, his bearings yet. He was a little yes. bit rattled. You're, you're exactly right. He, I think he was a little bit all over the place. By the way, without knowing for sure, I would venture to guess that Brian Amaral was working on this story last week. I bet he knew this was coming. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah. you know, he, he knew he was going to have to face this at some point. He bought himself a couple extra days, but now, boy, it's it, I think it's the talk of the town.
0: He was also, um, it's always helpful I find when we really watch them and not to but I even go back and re-watch them and mm-hmm. he uh, he was very quick to be like, uh Tom must have the answer to that. Tom, you want to step up and answer that <laughs> to Tom McCarthy? <laughs> and, and and stuff that I was thinking it, it would have been like like when you watch Belichick, he he knows everything. Like that's this, right. This isn't uh you better ask Josh about that. Like what what are you talking about? They even asked one of the best questions was Clampkin, my former colleague, started off by saying Governor Baker's giving out 200,000 tests to families and students to test before they come back. Rhode Island, how come we don't have any? Uh, Tom, you want to answer that? How do you not know that? You're the governor.
1: By the way, stark contrast from you remember those early days of the Raimondo. You couldn't get her off to get other people who had answers on because she wanted to be the person that was seen as in charge and handling things, she would answer questions that were meant for Stephen Pryor or for meant for the health department. Uh, you, you're exactly right. I think Governor Mckee, when he gets a little rattled, he says, "Oh, you know, uh, Lieutenant Governor Matos, how do you want to handle this?" Yeah.
0: Well, she still has COVID, but then That's he brought right. up that Mark Pappas really quick too. One, more, one, one more thing. Um, we talk about like people learning and so forth. I, I think uh, Governor Raimondo, one of the things about her leadership was she she i don't think she had a good feeling uh, june 1st the weekend before she was seeing what was going on last year around the country and all right you know i'll let the the city handle the situation in providence after that riot that you were out all night on she she number one called out the national guard and number two she's i she instituted the curfew because right mayor Lorza was not gonna go that far uh Gina Raimondo learned very quickly. And, and I'll bet if you, that's one thing that there was really no reason to call out the National Guard before that, because we've never seen anything like that. But as you saw, like January 6th, things can turn, you know, very quickly. Yep. And even though you had a crowd that was always peaceful, it, it was just a different situation. Folks, yep. quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus. For heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances, locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus heating and cooling in Massachusetts. Call the Rehoboth office 508-252-3359, and in, Rh- in Rhode Island 401. 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Uh, Dan, you wrote a very, speaking of the race for governor, very interesting uh, column about uh, former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. And I like the way you phrase it, that, boy, you you certainly build up the lead-in that maybe he should consider making one more run, maybe, at the big office. But I I... I am hearing pretty firmly that he does have his sights set on another statewide office.
1: That's right. So, so, and so am I. I should be very clear. You know, uh, former Mayor Fung is. You're not uh, wrong, though.
0: You, yeah. you, 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 you made a very good, strong argument for it.
1: Uh, for, former Mayor Fung is clearly thinking about running for treasurer. Uh, it's an office he can win. Uh, It's, uh, you know, I think he probably, if and when he decides to formally announce, he probably starts off as the favorite. Um, And so and that's, you know, an impressive thing for a Republican in a very blue state. My thing is, you know, you start to look at at, go back, John, if you were to go 30 years in Rhode Island, every single election for governor. It's not that the Republicans have won every time, but you've had a competitive Republican in every single race you go through yep. it right the two fungs go back to John Robitaille who if he got two yes. more weeks might have won yeah uh, you know of course Kachiri in, 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 in Almond so you know
0: and then the, Dupree for the 80s
1: and then Dupree for this so there's About one after
0: Gary yeah
1: it's exactly right. there's one election 92 is the one election where the Republicans yes. really got throttled in a re-election year for Bruce Sundland uh, I think he, I think they lost by three points or something like that uh, but this is the first time that, you know, that, that you might have a, a year where it looks more like when Senator Reid has a token Republican opponent than yeah. having a really competitive. And to me, the obvious solution here is somebody like Mayor Fung, who left at the top of his game, you know, is still widely known, can right. win, the, the, you know, the second largest city, can probably win the third, could, could win Cranston and Warwick legitimately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, and could be competitive against a bunch of people who are not particularly great candidates, at least at this point. Um, I think Mayor Fung you know, really should take, a, a, you know, a strong look at this. There are a whole bunch of barriers, right? Like he has problems with the, I think, with the party. He and Susie Yankee you know, do don't particularly see eye to eye. Yeah. Uh, you know, the party's moved to the right a bit. He certainly has always been kind of seen as a moderate, pragmatic guy. So there's challenges there. But, you know, if, if if he were to get in the race, suddenly this goes from being clearly a Democrat is the next governor to probably a toss up, uh, uh, you know, in, in that kind of uh, as, as you look at it. So I think he should take a look at it. I think I tried to make a compelling case. Certainly, I got pushed back. Your friend and mine, Justin Katz, I thought had a really smart uh, blog post kind of pushing back about it, which is fair. But I think Mayor Fung should give this a look because it might actually be his best chance to be the governor.
0: I think you're right, Dan McGowan. And also, if you look at larger issues, I mean, something that I talk about because I hear from so many people is the Democrat Party, to me, it just it's too focused on Providence, protected Central Falls. Yep. And those are three areas that people don't want to. But most of the state, they, they don't live there. They don't venture there. Uh, those are not the problems I hear from people that they feel that the quality of life should be better in the state. Uh, But even, you know, every time uh, Governor McKee turns around, he's talking about we're going to do more in Central Falls and Providence and damn McGowan. I was on Elmwood Avenue. I think I think I think Mayor Funk could certainly make the argument about law and order. People know about the violence in the city of Providence. He would not let those protesters and ATVs into Cranston. And, you know, and I was, I interviewed him on Elmwood Avenue. He was right there with the police. They wouldn't let them into Cranston. That then impacted, this was uh, late October, 2020. And then in the the beginning of November, that impacted the way Providence started. Absolutely. So
1: here's, here's the other thing about this, John, when you look at, you know, it's funny the way for, for, to bring folks behind the scenes a little bit, you know, I have complete editorial, uh, you know, discretion or control. When I want to write a column and say something, I can write it. The good news is when you have good editors, they'll push back at you, ask questions, Mm. poke holes in your thing. And somebody, the person that was editing me on this said, hey, you know, what's the case for Mayor Fung? Like, why was he such a good mayor? And and I said, you know, it's not about the flashy, you know, superstar mayor. This is a guy who balanced budgets, who held the line on taxes, who increased quality of life, like you just said. These are the kinds of things that, I do think the average Rhode Islander would like more of – so it's not about super – you know, you you just had your superstar governor. Gina Raimondo, you know, whether you like her or not, national superstar. And and you now have, I think, a bunch of people who are less than Gina Raimondo. They're not as impressive, you know, as she was. And I think they're all going to fight in a primary. They're all going to try to move to the left. You're no right. fun can make that case that hey you want someone to you want someone to hold the General Assembly accountable for this 1.1 billion? Well, I'll be that person. I did it right. in Cranston. I think yep. it makes a lot of sense, but you're right. He's probably gonna run for treasurer. Um uh, I don't know. know.
0: You make a very good argument. Now, in fairness, <laughs> I didn't read uh, Justin's post, but you know, you, you also go back to Dan McGowan. Cranston is thriving. A lot yeah. of people are aware of Garden City and in Chapel View. This is gonna be a knockdown drag-out primary that seemingly keeps drifting farther and farther left because of of Matt Brown. He, I'll also say this about Mayor Fung, who you're, you're right. He ran into – I mean, uh, go think of that. He had to go up against Gina Raimondo not once, but twice. Right. And real firepower. He also had the distraction of Trillo. He's been vetted. Uh, he's a highly likable individual. He might have – be able to strike the right tone because he, he is not – you know, they tried to dub him a Trump fanboy. He was not that. He never was that. Um, if anything, the person he kind of aligned with was Chris Christie came in and campaigned for him. That's right.
1: That's right. Um,
0: but I, behind the scenes, you know, the the Fungs had their person to be the head of the party. It was not Susie Yankee. That bridge was never mended. B.A., then Barbara Hint had Fung design. She I, – I was at the headquarters when um, – when Blake Filippi, you know, kind of held like a get out the vote rally for him, I don't think that would happen now because Bob Rand-Fenton Fung does not caucus with the that's right the Republicans. So this kind of, but uh, I I'll tell you what I would also tell him because I have been communicating with Mayor Fung and not to I'm not disclose anything, but <clears throat> to me Susie Yankee, it, she can't help him either way. If she was a hundred percent behind him. I don't think that impacts the race. If she's hundred percent against him, which I don't think she would be, that doesn't help him either. This to really comes down to a decision that Alan Fung has to make.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. exact. I mean, that's exactly right. But by the way, there's other factors here too. He's, you know, for the first time in his life, he's making money, right. As an, right. As, as a partner. So he's got to, you know, Make some decisions there. I think they have a pretty big state contract. And so, you know, the st- the talk of running for governor suddenly puts you in a little bit of peril on things like yeah. that. So there's a lot going on there behind the scenes. Uh, it just, to me, it seems crystal clear that yeah. there's one person. Now, it, it doesn't mean that you can't have a Don Kachiri come out of nowhere and, you know, dump a bunch of money in it. But yeah, you know, John, I've been doing I this for, for a little while. Yeah. I, I haven't heard from anybody that no. that person is out
0: there. No, and they're certainly not willing to run. And he, listen, as you know, you, you learn from running. I, I think the greatest fear is just losing again. That's that's tough. Yeah, it's embarrassing,
1: it, absolutely.
0: It is. And, and, and I, listen, when, when you're with the fungs, uh, husband and wife, I mean, it's it's 100% all politics all the time. Oh, and yeah. They're not wrong in like let's have him win statewide and then you're the general treasurer and then that's your path. To that's right. Governor. But as you and I have talked about, you know, the, the, the window for these things, you know, opens at different times and and it may not be the time you want it to open, but that is your window of opportunity to run. And, um, and well, I, and, I agree and, with you
1: and think about this. I mean, you, you, right. There's a reason why everybody suddenly is so interested in the treasurer's office. And it's because, the treasurer has run for governor a bunch of different times, Frank Caprio, yeah. and then, of course, Gino, you know, becomes the governor. Now it's very possible Seth Magaziner will be the next governor. And so having that – but there's a whole bunch of folks. I think Alan Fung is one of them. I think Stephen Pryor is another who want to run for treasurer because they think, boy, maybe Dan McKee only served one term if he gets elected, right? right. There's a, there is that scenario to play in. But think about it the other way. Now, let's, say, let's say Seth Magaziner is the next governor. Alan Fung's gonna wait eight year, eight more years yeah. of of kind sure. of you know mediocrity in that. chat's it's boring. It's not. It's not yeah. exactly exciting. It's not being the mayor of Cranston, right? Um, and it's certainly not being the governor.
0: Mm-hmm. Folks, quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show. Well, health continues to be an important part of our daily lives. That's why you need to stop in and see the queen of health. It's Maria. at It's My Health, because it's your health. But It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Look for her on Facebook. You can also call her at 401-305-3585. You know where she is, right in that very majestic old white church, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. It's My Health. And inside, pop in you'll see vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like Icai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Wait till you see the selection. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, spices purchased by the ounce plus boxed herbs and teas plus hemp in CBD products. Stop in natural skincare products, hair care products. It's my health, because it's your health. Stop it and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Folks, uh, just speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, and I want to just say early, one of the reasons I enjoy reading Roadmap each morning is because you throw in. I, I did catch that. That was a brutal loss on oh PC last night to, <laughs> to Marquette. But you can also get uh, the COVID numbers. I want to come back to Dan McGowan. Just where do you see right now um, just your thoughts on the race for huh, governor because the new year is finally here it, it it's it's certainly conceivable that the first debate. i don't think governor mckee wants to debate right now but the first debate, democrat primary could be coming up we're in the new year they're all still a little quiet uh i believe lieutenant governor mato still has symptoms and she's been she sidelined yeah. because of having covid but w- when do you think things start to ramp up
1: Oh, I think it's right away. I mean, I think you you already saw it, you know, day one, day two of the new year. Uh, Or or just early in the new year this week with, you know, everybody suddenly wanted to comment on my colleague Brian Amaral's story about, you know, Governor McKee. Uh, You know, before, it's like, I I tell you, I mean, it's been like pulling teeth with these candidates. You you ask them where they stand on an issue and they have to go poll it for two weeks or three weeks before they tell you. Now everybody wants to come out. I think it won't be long before you see Helena Foulkes on television. Uh Um, I, I think you'll start to see the advertising happen. This is, I mean... Look, 2022 is going to be all politics all the time. And so I think it's going to heat up. I think you're right. If I'm Channel 12, I'm already reaching out to the campaigns and saying, you know, uh, maybe not February, but March starts to look like a good time to have your first debate. Um, And and you start to get, you know, the commitments there. It's going to be a long time. And look, we still haven't seen any public polling. That's another question. When
0: are
1: we going to start to see what this field actually looks like? Because... You know, conceivably, I was talking to Joe Fleming, the Channel 12 pollster the other day, and, you know, he said to me, look, you know, right now there's no reason for anybody to get in or get out, right? The the, camp, the field is what it is. But, you know, May 1st, if it's if somebody has 3% in the polls, there's reason to look elsewhere. So will you have a potential shakeup? I will say, uh, and I've felt this way all along, I think Governor McKee starts in a, in a place where he's a slight leader yeah, um, only because of that incumbency. But boy, it, this could go any way. And, and uh, you know, I, I think the only thing you can bet right now that would be safe, unless Mayor Fung gets in, is a Democrat will probably emerge as the governor.
0: Dan McGowan, what happened to the city of Providence with Mayor Lorza with this vaccine mandate that he cannot afford to lose any police? Yeah, you and
1: I talked about this last week. I'm so glad we did because it's, a, it's a, exactly the concern that we have. Look, you can't play a game of chicken when yeah. it comes to public safety, particularly yeah. on the police side, less so on the fire side. Um, it, you know, it, it, to me, just my opinion, I, I understand the idea of having a vaccine mandate. I get it, other cities are doing it you know, around the country, but you know, this is one of those things where you, you almost, you, you need to know ahead of time that you're gonna be successful and you're gonna have options because I think Channel 12 reported, you know, potentially about 80 officers could lose their jobs uh, city can't afford to have eighty people lose their job. Eighty police officers lose their jobs. They just can't. Um, you know, it won't be long before we're already talking about warm weather and ATVs again, and uh, you know, and, and shootings. And unfortunately, as as the weather goes up, uh, and so you can't afford, you can't replace them that quickly. Um, and so it, it's it's a game of chicken right now. I'll be interested to see how it plays out.
0: Well, not only that, but then you know you could get the what they you see sometimes here in other cities the blue flu where they all just absolutely are crawling out calling out sick um he, we we are the rest of the candidates that are running for mayor and 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 who who is who's driving this is this a mayor lorza or commissioner perry or who's who's ready to stand and answer the hard questions on this
1: this is mayor lorza uh you know the mayor you and i have talked about this so much over you know the mayor is the kind of guy who Um, you know, he, he, he's one of these people that he reads all the, you know, what makes cities great kind of, you know, newsletters. And, and he, you know, he's really connected nationally with a lot of a big city mayors. And you're seeing this, you're seeing it play out in, you know, in larger cities. And I think he said, you know what, let's go ahead and do this. Um, I I think it's very much a mayoral uh, push. And, you know, the candidates for mayor look, they're, they're Democrats, they're liberals, they're going to support this kind of you know, concept. The thing is, is everybody's going to, everybody who's a a Democrat in in province politics is going to support this until you see something tragic happen. And then you're going to start to have these, you know, conversations about was it the right call? Uh, Maybe it is, by the way, the mayor could be right. Maybe he's called, maybe he is this, in in this game of chicken, somebody usually wins. And so, you know, it's possible that you, you see that number go from 80 police officers to 11 or something like that. And I think then it is a, a manageable. Uh, you hate to see anybody lose their job, but it is manageable if that happens. But if it, if they hold strong, and look, the police the union has no reason to really, you know, cozy up to the mayor. They don't like him. The mayor doesn't like them. There's friction there, um, and so he's leaving. It, yeah, he's leaving. Yeah. Right. And so it's 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 not just about health and safety. There's there's politics there, too. Um, and so it, it, it is going to be interesting to, to see it play out. Be interested to see how, you know, we should also note the this is probably the last year of Chief Clements. Uh, and so yes. interesting to see how Chief Clements wants to handle this. You haven't heard him nearly as much as you heard, you know, Commissioner Perry and, Mer- and Mayor Lorz on this issue
0: and Dan McGowan McGowan's lives in Providence. Uh, Folks lives in Narragansett now, but Matt Brown lives in Providence. Yep. If you're Governor McKee, this is the last thing you need right now is some problems in the capital yeah. city with Mayor Lorza. And when Gina had Smiley, you know, I, I'm not sure. Who, I'm not sure Governor McKee, how much Lexi Chris can help him with. The no, there is, people or, there is people. There is no. He doesn't providence. have anyone. Yeah, no. there is
1: no link to uh providence actually one of the most under focused on things because there's so much yeah. else going on dan mckee doesn't have a link to providence that no. every governor has had by the way including the republic including kachiri always had a way to kind of get to the city whether it was through yeah. the council they don't have that and, and no. so you're gonna have a mayor who's gonna really push something through right he's he sees this as you know a little bit of his legacy trying to protect the city so to speak Um, uh, you know, I think, and and by the way, if you're governor McKee, you uh, again, competing in a democratic primary, you don't want to be the guy who says. You know what? No, no, no. Let the police I support the police and I support them being unvaccinated <laughs> oh in a primary. That doesn't work.
0: <laughs> Allman and CNC did not get along. That That's was a true. bad relationship. I think but he But counsel- he had the
1: he and he always had the counsel that he could kind of yes. push back. And, and Kachiri and Cicilline hated each other, but they there did. was always somebody that could, you know, could make a connection. I think Jeff Britt for a little while was that guy. There was a handful of people that could make those connections now you just don't have it
0: there's also folks a great story in the globe on uh, state salaries which people always enjoy reading especially when you see two of the two of the top 10 are prison guards because yeah. of the amount of money they're making in overtime it's just outrageous folks i as i i mentioned earlier i do start off the morning uh it's one of the things i read but i do read roadmap and dan mcgowan it's a new year and it will be great if people want to get it it's free it gives you links, to even a link to uh, the piece written by my, I'm a big fan of Beth Tadell writing about, oh, forget about New resolution. Yeah. She's so, I can pick out her articles a mile away. Me too. But uh, if you would be so kind in this new year to extend uh, this offer of getting Roadmap each morning for people.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it, you get, like John said, you get the COVID stats. You get all the links to our stories. You always get something new from me. Today, we broke the story just shortly before it was publicly announced that, uh, CCRI and Rick are going to go to remote yes, learning for the yearly semester. sorry. I that. That's no, right. You know, so you you always get something new uh, and the easiest thing you can do, just send me a blank email. Don't have to write anything other than to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is. I'll sign you up and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning.
0: Dave Great job. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you again.
1: Happy New Year, John. Good to talk. See you.
0: Other's Disposal call brother's disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brother's disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage unwanted belongings maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out clean it out with brother's disposal they're also now offering weekly trash collection services call brother roland today at brother's disposal 401-688-0517 whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings call brother's disposal today come on brother call brother's disposal 401 401- six eight eight zero five one seven look for them on facebook brothers disposal get a dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 if you've been thinking about updating your website or if you've questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business you can receive a You're listening to The John DiPietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Now, while you're there, uh, there's a lot of exclusive stories. Folks, we cover stories the rest of the media ignores. It's real news, whether it's video that we're out at a crime or a protest or various things that are happening, plus other exclusive stories that we break log on at the website that's also the best way to reach me by the way if you'd like to get in touch with me just scroll down a little bit you'll see a a button that says contact john you can also support the program you you can also get some great merchandise in the shop right there at dipetro.com and it's all our links to social media whether it's facebook so you can watch facebook live or also twitter or youtube or instagram so take a minute, and then also we have some great sponsors there as well. It is a happening. Check it each day. It's depetro.com. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Autobody, 401 272 3340. They are located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Autobody, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting, and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Autobody today, 401 272 3340. They'll handle everything for you, the original, the best. And if you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401 272 3340 portion of the program brought to you by the coesed inn. check them out on the website dipetro.com the coesed in or an island tradition since 1977 located 226 coesed avenue in west warwick whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers there's always a great crowd you can link directly to them and gift certificates are available the coesed Inn 226 coesed avenue in west warwick you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, Depetro.com. Check out the website, depetro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there. And that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depietro.com, depetro.com. Dipetro.com.